Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Scott Yates with me. With me. Scott is the CEO of BlogMutt. The company's slogan is, we work like a dog to fill up your blog. BlogMutt is a marketplace for crowdsourced blog content for your business blog. Scott started BlogMutt with Wade Green in 2010. He's a serial entrepreneur, and I'm very excited to have him on Success Harbor today. Welcome. Thank you for having me, George. Thank you for being here, uh, Scott. I really appreciate it. Before we get into BlogMutt, I'd like uh, to talk about your entrepreneurial experience earlier. You have founded, grew, and sold MyTrafficNews.com to Traffic.com. How did you end up starting that business? You know, that was a classic entrepreneurial story. I was I was just stuck in my car on the highway going home, and I and I was frustrated about the fact that I didn't know about the traffic jam before I went out and got stuck in it. And, you know, at the time, this was, uh, you know, early 2000s, there wasn't Google Maps, and everybody didn't have an iPhone in their pocket. So what I found is really the best way that you could get information about what was going on with traffic was to be able to check a website or get an email before you left the office for the day. So I, I just started the company called My Traffic News, and uh, it was a small bootstrap company. We operated just in Denver, but we grew to where we had 36,000 daily email readers, and we had a really uh, loyal following here in Denver. And um, that company grew and did well. And then in 2006, traffic.com uh, changed their strategy. They wanted to get into more local markets and they realized that we had such a big imprint in the Denver market that they came in and made me an offer. And so I sold my traffic news to traffic.com in 2006. And then, you know, the, as the doggy dog world goes, traffic.com got bought by um, Navtech, by the mapping people, just a few months after they bought me, by, after traffic.com bought me. And then, um, and then Nokia bought Navtech. And and I actually had a patent when I for my traffic news when I did it, and so that became part of Nokia's patent portfolio. So I got a smile earlier this year when I saw that Microsoft bought Nokia. Uh, you know, in, in the in the paper it said largely for their patent portfolio, and so I take all the credit for that. And you're part of that, yeah, exactly. so that's it's yeah because I looked on the uh, on archive.org, so it looks like that. The last time I saw anything was in 2006, so they just forwarded everything to uh, traffic.com, and there was no more mytrafficnews.com after that, right? Yeah, that's right. It was a, it was a great business, but um, it, it got you know gobbled up into the larger thing. And so now, now when you type it in, now it takes you to a, a Microsoft property, and, which is very difficult for me to swallow. But uh, you know, luckily, there's lots of other good traffic options out there now. When you sold uh, MyTrafficNews.com, did you make enough money to retire, or was this just a nice exit uh, for you to move on to your next venture? Uh, it, it was a nice exit uh, to be able to move on to the next venture. I could, uh, yeah, I couldn't have retired on that. Uh, I, I would have needed to do something, but you know, I, I, I didn't sit, I didn't sit around very long. I, I took most of the money and all of my time and put it into the second business, which was. Uh, a legislative information business. So, how did you how did you transition into that business, and how much time did you take off uh, between the two businesses? Really, no time at all. I, maybe I should have, but really, I didn't take off any time at all. I got it. You know, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurship is about solving problems, and and I got interested in the problems that that were out there that with the legislative one, and so I really dove into 
um, that whole business and that whole process. And, you know, I had fun at you know, the, the creation part of it is a, is a fun part. Um, so I had a lot of fun, you know, getting that so, going. And, and how far did you take, uh, take that business? Uh, that business made it okay. We had some, you know, we had some good paying customers. We had some external problems, um, with, For example, well, it was just with, we ended up taking an investment in that business, and then there was a conflict with the investors, and so you know uh, there was actually some litigation about it. So I'm actually kind of restricted in what I can say, but um, that business now actually lives on uh, in a, a company called Bill Track 50, which is uh, a great local uh, company here in Denver that's doing similar things, helping people understand what's going on with uh, state legislation and having an easier way to track it. And so, so you you sold that business? Yes. Okay. Now let's talk about. Uh, was there anything else uh, before you started Blogmot uh, between those two businesses? Uh, I, I did some other stuff. I worked at a startup out in Silicon Valley, and I actually wrote a book that was about an unrelated topic. I got back to my roots as a writer, and um, and did a, did a bunch of writing. This was uh, you know in uh, 08 and 09 and into 2010 and. Um, and so that was, uh, that was a great experience, but, you know, also while I was off, I, I think you're going to ask about how Blogmont started and part of how it started was just while I was, you know, done with the business, I had a lot of friends who were running small businesses and, and a lot of them were asking, you know, how do you, uh, you know, what do I do to have my site do well with search engine optimization and how, how do I have it do well with, with search? Sometimes they didn't even know the word SEO. They just wanted to know how their site could do better. And, um, and, and so that's when I thought, you know, maybe there's a business in here somewhere. And so I started talking to people and I, I think this, is this where you wanted to go with the conversation? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, actually my next question was, uh, how did you get the idea for Blogmut? So, yeah. you know, I mean, you started in 2010, uh, how, how much before 2010 were you starting to think about this, this problem? Cause it is a problem. Yeah. And, uh, Go, go ahead. Well, a, a lot. Uh, and and the way I started thinking about it was that people just needed good SEO advice and good SEO, you know, the, the strategic parts of SEO and a little bit of the tactical parts. And so, you know, the first idea that I had was really just a terrible idea, which was to do a kind of a crowdsourced SEO thing where small businesses could come to one place where they could know they could get trusted SEO advice. Um and so I started looking into that, and that turned out to just be a terrible idea. By this time, I started really talking. Why, why was that? What, what, well, what a bunch of business reasons. Um, you know, the main one being really that um, it, you could see the writing on the wall even then that SEO as uh, as a specialty really was going to be fading away because Google was just getting better and better at figuring out all of the different ways that you could kind of trick Google. Um, they they just they kept getting better and better and it was clear that they were going to keep getting better and better at it and so you know the best advice really even back then was what you really needed to do was blog what you really need to do is just write a good blog post that's generally about the topic that your business is about and do it at least once a week and more if you can more if you're in a competitive space and um, and and part of this came you know I, I had a technical co-founder or I, I had hired a technical guy, Wade Green, to help me with my first business, with my traffic news. And then I worked with him again, and he was part of the business with the second business. 
And so he and I started really talking. And the more that we worked it down, the more we figured out what, what people really needed was uh, the original blog content. So what we wanted to do is come up with a system that they could get all that small businesses could get all original blog content. And with my background in writing, I, I had a pretty good sense of being able to communicate with writers and work with writers. And with Wade's technical background, he knew that he could build a really good system that would enable the writers to be able to understand the needs of the customers and understand the customers who had the most need and also be able to build a system that really works really slick for businesses to be able to get them the content that they need. I mean, the issue is there's so much great software out there right now. You know, there's all these marketing automation software pieces. There's all these great pieces about doing everything for you when it comes to building your marketing efforts. But the one thing that software just can't do is write an all original blog post. They've tried building these computers to, uh, you know, write prose and it's always just terrible. And people figure it out and Google figures it out. And so it just doesn't work. And so the one thing that you really need to do is just write all original posts. And if you don't have time to do it yourself, then we figured Blogment would be a great, great solution for those small businesses. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a big problem because I actually, one of the businesses that I, I own is a, is a web development business. And one of the big problems our clients have is is that they don't, they don't have time to write. Exactly. So, you know, the this service is, is great because, you know, when we finish a website, then for the most part, it never is touched again for years. And that's the worst thing you can do to your website. And, exactly. you know, these small businesses, they're running with their head like a chicken with the head, you know, cut off. And they the last thing on their mind is to, you know, to blog every week. You know, they just don't have time to do it. Right. And so... Really, a website without a dynamic content is pretty useless. And um, they come to us and they ask us about SEO, and I tell them, you know what? There's no SEO. It's it's really about content marketing, and it's exactly the type of service that you guys provide, which is you know to add content to your site on a regular basis with the right keywords, and uh, it, it it is really 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 important. You know, you understand that, and I understand that, and there's, you know, maybe a thousand people in the world that understand that. It's coming more and more slowly, more and more quickly to the real, you know, like the the understanding about that is coming to the regular small business person more and more quickly, and that's why our business is doing so well. The the, the disconnect has been, you know, like when you as a web developer say to the client, okay, what you really need to do is blog. The impression of blogs that was out there, and this just goes back to the history of blogging was, you know, nobody wants to read about what I ate for breakfast and nobody wants to hear what my, you know, personal thoughts are about politics or about the weather or about whatever. And so they they get kind of hung up in that notion, in the notion that the blog needs to somehow just be this personal kind of journal. And once they get past that, once they realize the blog isn't, doesn't need to be, uh, it doesn't need to be about what you had for breakfast. And it also doesn't need to be an expert thing. So that's the other trap that sometimes businesses get hung up in is they think that if they're going to write a post that it needs to be, you know, like a super well-researched, have, you know, lots of original research and crystal clear writing and, and be something that's absolutely stellar. And so they get hung up on that. They can't produce that. And so they just think that they should just do nothing. And what I try to tell people is, look, the blog is not the expert in the business. You are the expert in your business. 
the blog is like the small talk of the internet. You know, you, the blog is just a way of saying, you know, this is something that's related to the topic and maybe it's related to something that's in the news, but it's a way of just kind of connecting with customers without hitting them with the really heavy stuff and without hitting them with really, you know, strong sales pitch right off the bat. People just kind of want to know that you're human and that you update often, that your business is still in business. You know, I mean, for a lot of people, I'm sure you've seen this all the time as a developer. People put up a website, they don't touch it for six months. And when a customer comes to that page, they kind of wonder if the guy operating the business has got hit by a bus or what. You know, like it doesn't, if, if the site doesn't have something new on it, they think maybe the business isn't really very active. So if they just want to see from the blog that the, there's something active, there's something going on, they have something that's kind of cute or kind of kind of clever, some kind of connection to what's going on in the news. And that's all they need from the blog. So I think once people, businesses get the understanding that that blog doesn't need to be super expert and it doesn't need to be personal, then I think you'll see the, the success for those clients because that blogging, even though it doesn't, isn't really expert, that's exactly what's needed to help them with search and to help them with the site being current. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it, it also humanizes their website a little bit, you know, because even though you don't blog about what you had for breakfast, but you can talk about how you help customers and projects that you're working on. And, you know, it's just it's it's so, so important. And, you know, I wish more businesses would see that. Now, when you started uh, BlogMod, did you get funding or is the company bootstrapped? We got a, a, a very small round. We had seed investors. Uh, all of them were CEOs of operating companies. Most of them were people that I knew beforehand. Um, and we decided not to take a real big round at the start. Um, and then and then we talked to some people about getting some venture capital, but um, you know, one thing or another it didn't work out. Now we started now we've started getting some sort of unsolicited offers for people to invest in us and so far we've said no to all of those. So let's talk about the the challenges. You you've started this business uh, you know about four years ago. 2010. Um, what were the biggest challenges early on? Um, well, it was, you know, it was hard. Wayne and I spent a lot long time just sort of figuring out what the business was going to be and really establishing the way the system would work. Um, but since then, it's been, uh, you know, like we've had challenges. So it wasn't always a marketplace? Uh, well, no, I mean, I think I mentioned earlier, like before it was a marketplace, but for SEO experts instead of for writing. And so that was mm -hmm. just terrible. So we got rid of that. But once we really settled in on this, uh, this idea of the marketplace for writers, uh, we've stuck pretty well to that. So, so we have just kind of regular growth, you know, challenges that every business has of figuring out who the customers are and figuring out, you know, there's about 12 billion, 12 million small businesses in the United States. And, you know, we think that BlogMud is perfect for all of them, but, you know, reaching, you know, those small businesses, as you say, they're very busy. They're the most productive people in the world. They drive the U.S. economy and and just getting in front of them is sometimes kind of difficult. So, you know, we have some challenges with that. Luckily, you know, at the point that most people realize they need a blog writing service, they go and Google blog writing service and, and we rank very well there. And so, um you know, they, they think, well, we must be doing something right. And so we, we get a lot of new business just through search. And uh, and really the only thing we do for our search is blogging. We blog every day. And that's really been, you know, like we, we you know, to use the dog metaphor with blog, but uh, we eat our own dog food and it really does work. 
So let's talk about how did you get some of your first customers? Uh, well, the very first were uh, people that I sort of knew. One was a guy who um, w- was at a, a, a tech event that I was at in San Francisco. Uh, and he was from D.C. and I was from Colorado and we got talking and he had a fitness related business. And I said, man, I really need your business. I was in bad shape. And, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, I really need your business. And so he signed <laughs> up and uh so his blog is in great shape, but I'm still in terrible physical shape. So I still really need his business. But um, so so you know the very first customers were people that I knew or met or you know ran into at some point. Um, and then uh, and, and then we just boy I don't remember if that you know part of it was uh, just some marketing you know little marketing efforts we did. We would just go onto forums that where people were talking about their need for writing and we would say something there and um uh yeah the, so stuff like that okay. i mean nothing nothing magical so how many businesses are using blogmot today uh well we're approaching uh, a thousand blog posts a week actually um and then and so so it's not that quite that many businesses because some of them get more than one and we have some agencies that end up getting posts for multiple clients but um, you know, I mean, uh, business is good. It's growing every week too. That's great. So your service starts at eighty eighty nine dollars per month right. for one post per week. Can you give our audience an idea what is included in that? For example, how many words are in those posts, uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's they're usually between three hundred and four hundred words. You know, we let the writers really decide what the topic warrants in terms of um, how many words we let the writers kind of go with that. It's one of the other hangups that small businesses get into is they think that there's some magic number of keywords that's required to, you know, do the, do what's needed for search. And there really is no magic number. You just got to really write the post in a way that makes sense for that post for that topic. Uh, but in general, they fall between three and 400 words. Um, and then, uh, you know, and so the, we, we, we do some tagging with the keywords for you automatically. Um, and then that post comes to, once, I mean, so the process for if you're at the $89 level, if you get one post a week, is that um, we send a note to you on Wednesday that says, here are your posts for the week, the posts that have been written for you. And if you like the top one, we'll send it to you automatically. And then, and then we send it to them the next day on Thursday. And we either send it by email or we can deposit it directly into their WordPress if they have a WordPress blog. And we actually have a couple other integrations coming down the pike. If you use HubSpot, it'll automatically populate your HubSpot blog. Um, that's coming here pretty soon. Uh, and then uh, and then that's it. And then the other post, you know, the post that was in second place moves up to the being the post that's in first place for the following week. And, um, you know, if you have problems with a post, you can go and ask for edits. Or if a post just really isn't going to work, you can just reject the post. Um, so, so people can actually select from multiple blog posts. Yes, yeah. In general, most customers have have more than one post for them at a time, um, and so you know it's up to the writers how much they want to write for each customer. But usually, each customer has at least a couple of weeks worth of posts uh, in their queue. And how do you control quality? 
Well, uh, I mean, several ways. The first way is really the customers do. If there's a post that's just no good, uh, they go in and reject it. And then if we have a writer who writes posts that get rejected by a bunch of different customers, we pick up on that pretty quickly and and get that person out of our system. Um, and so that's one way. Uh, we use some pretty sophisticated software to make sure that there's no plagiarism. Uh, we use software and just human intervention to make sure that all the writers are based in the United States, which is, you know, somewhat controversial in the writer community because, you know, we know that there's lots of great writers in Canada and England, but we've just had to be, we've just found that it's easier for us to just say every single writer has to be in the United States. Um, the, the only exception we make is for active duty U.S. military and families that are living abroad. Uh, but other than that, um, you, you know, as, as, and sometimes it kind of breaks my heart that we're not letting writers in from Canada, but uh, it's just a lot easier to, to make sure that everybody is, you know, able, able to legally make money and living in the United States. Um, so we work that that's a really big help for us on quality because, you know, there, there are some good writers that come out of India, but um, they're, you know, I mean, they, they just didn't grow up in the United States with the United States vernacular. And so writers from India, typically, that's that's where we've discovered there are a lot of quality problems. Um, both, you know, we've discovered that and, and we've seen that with lots of other kind of writing issues out there on the Internet. We've, so anyway, so that's one of the other ways that we control quality. And then, you know, but the main thing is just the customers. If the post is no good, doesn't work for their business, then they just reject the post. And then, and then that post just disappears and they don't have to pay for it. They don't have to worry about it. And so that's, that's the main way our system works. So you mentioned earlier, uh, HubSpot, uh, is that, is that a partnership that you've been working on for a while? Yes. Yeah. And they're, they're terrific. And how are there, what, what is the role of, of strategic partnerships in your business? Are there, are you working on multiple partnerships or is that the only partnership that you have at this point? Uh, it's probably the most advanced partnership that we have at this point, just because we're, you know, we're in their marketplace and, and, um, you know, uh, uh, we actually use their software on our site too. And, um, and, and they're a terrific company. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's a very crowded space. There are lots of others that are out there and uh, we're working on partnerships with others that uh, provide marketing tools or web tools uh, to others. So so HubSpot is a kind of an example of a pretty at the large end of the partnership. And then at the small end of the partnership, I mean, in a way that you would essentially be a partner uh, if you were to resell Blogmont services to your clients. Um, and so we have a bunch, you know, hundreds of uh, small digital agencies that we're essentially a wholesaler for. We sell the post directly to the agency. The agency then, you know, sometimes they'll make some changes to the post or they'll do, you know, we have one agency that tells us our posts are good, but they're not all the way there. They get them 85% of the way there. And then the agency does whatever it's going to do to help the client meet their needs. Uh, and then they so it's kind of a white label solution for the agencies then yeah it's not white label software yet we're working on that we're going to have that but we don't have it right now so it, it, it's it's almost more just like a wholesale operation the client the the agency so the agency is the client right yeah, for yeah. us okay. right and and so the agency comes to blogmont gets the posts puts them into the shape that they want to and then puts them on directly onto the side of the client 
So some agencies work that way. Some other agencies just say, look, you should just go use Blogmon. Like I, I could do it and I could be involved in that, but I would have to charge a markup. And, you know, for, so for their smaller clients, just as a way to save them money, they say to the client, look, you should just go sign up for Blogmon. It's going to cost you 89 bucks a month. And that's exactly what you need to do. So, so partnerships range all the way from, you know, a one person digital agency up to a company like HubSpot. So is your strategy to go to, to, to resellers or market to resellers instead of marketing to, to the small businesses directly? Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, you know, I mean, we'll see how it evolves, uh, how our, our marketing philosophy is going to evolve. But I mean, right now we have customers that are agencies and we have direct customers and they all, you know, the one thing they have in common is they don't have to, enough time to write posts and we're happy serving both of them. Um, so, you know, I don't think we're going to do anything to not serve, to, you know, to stop serving one of the direct clients or agency client of client partnership kind of clients. Um, I think we'll just kind of keep going with both. Both seem to be pretty, you know, like the service. Um, so I, I, you know, unless something changes in the future, the plan right now is to keep going with both. And uh, what is the most effective way for you to market to the resellers, these digital agencies uh, that you have been talking about? Well, uh, you know, maybe I should ask you that question. <laughs> you know, what are the things that you read and what are the things that you pay attention to and try to get into those spots? Um, but, you know, honestly, most of them find us. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, they hear about us. They see it. You know, people report about us on a forum or something. So they say, you know, they report favorably about how glad they are that their blogging is taken care of. It's not the huge drag on their to-do list that it used to be. And now that it's just done, um, or they just do a search and they search for, you know, blog writing service and we come up uh, number one and they realize that that's useful for them and, you know, they think it works. And so they'll find us, you know, so in a sense, like when you ask about is, do we want to go after agencies or do we want to go after direct clients? Um, the, the marketing is kind of the same for both. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 yeah. Client, well, if in, a client in a is way, sophisticated yes. enough to know that they need a blog writing service, they're going to find us. And the agencies are sophisticated enough, so they're starting to find us just organically and then turning it over to their clients. So, so both of them are kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like the agency model more uh, because, you know, I mean, they have already exposure to so many of your potential customers. So one way or the other, I I just think it would be less expensive. But you know, I mean, uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't, uh, you know, go both ways, go direct and, and then go to the reseller. So I yeah. mean, I, I, it sounds pretty good. Well, now, I, let's I mean, part of it, just to, to get into that a little bit, is like stuff we do, like because we're not spending money on advertising, it, it's not more or less expensive to go after one or the other. Like they both are helpful. Like, for instance, we uh, somewhat regularly post guest posts on the HubSpot blog just because we have a, you know, an ongoing relationship with them. Um, and so that's a case where both agencies and direct clients may see that guest post and then see a link to HubSpot or to BlogMud and follow through and, and go over to us. So, so, you know, writing that post isn't necessarily an expense for us. It's just part of what we do. It's part of, part of our DNA. 
Let's let's talk about uh, differentiation. There are all kinds of sites where you can hire writers, and then you're faced with some of the problems that you mentioned. That you know, some of the writing is actually a lot of the writing is really bad, low quality. Uh, how do you differentiate um, differentiate Blogmot from all the other options uh, businesses have to get some writing done for their blogs? Well, you know, I always say we kind of fall in the middle of the spectrum that's out there. Uh, you know, at the high end of the spectrum, there are companies, and, and they're terrific companies. I never, you know, like Contently is one that's out there. Um, and they are, they're terrific, and they're big, they're venture-backed, they have tons of uh, very high-quality writers and very high-quality clients. I mean, they, they say, you know, they write posts for Fortune 500 companies, so, you know, GE or Coca-Cola when they need a really fancy blog written for whatever reason, it really needs to be thought leadership and really needs to be, you know, just absolutely on the mark. Um, they'll go to Contently, but you know, the price points for Contently are just, you know, just completely out of reach for most small, medium sized businesses. Uh, and then at the other end of the spectrum, there's, you know, you can just go on Fiverr or Elance or whatever and say that you need some blog posts written and you can get, offers where people write your blog posts for, you know, a dollar a post. And, and, you know, I mean, you're getting something that's worse, less than what you pay for. Like it's worse that, you know, it's, it'll actually damage your site. Like if you put really, really crappy, probably duplicated anyway, content up on your site, you know, I don't know how they do it, but Google figures that out and, and you can really do damage to your SEO reputation uh, by putting that stuff up. And then in the middle, you know, I mean, there's a couple others out there that are that are kind of in the middle. What most of our customers tell us that they like about us is um, just that we're really straightforward and simple. Most of the other ones have a lot of other stuff that kind of goes along with it and and just can be kind of complicated and difficult to use. Uh, and, and what they seem to appreciate is just you come, you put your keywords in, you put some description, and you get posts. And if the post works for your business, then you take it, and if it doesn't, you reject it. Just it's a it's a pretty seamless transaction. Uh, have you uh, tried to experiment with focusing on verticals like you know, you know the the same service, but let's say for divorce attorneys or uh, you know accountants or yeah. you know and 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 how did that go? Uh, we we decided pretty early on not to. We got a lot of advice that maybe we should do that, but you know there's an interesting dynamic that goes on with writing. It doesn't go on with other stuff like. Uh, you know, like if you want to get a new logo, and, and I'm sure you run into this all the time, like a, a, a business doesn't have any problem going to somebody who's just a good designer to get their logo done. But they they don't think that they could go to somebody who's just a good writer to get their writing done. They think they need somebody who has really direct experience with, you know, whatever. I, you know, I mean, I remember really early on, it was like, I think a dentist came up to me at a, some meeting I was at and said, you know, do you have anybody that can write blogs about a dentist office? And I said, uh, well, I, we don't have any dentists right now, but I know we have several doctor's offices. And uh, and I'm sure the same writers that write for the doctor's offices would be able to write you great posts. And the reaction was, oh, dentist is totally different than doctor, totally different. <laughs> doctor, they would never be able to understand that. And it's like what what that dentist didn't understand is a good writer – can write about a doctor's office and then can write about, you know, industrial scales and then can write about violins and then can, and these are all actual clients that we have, right? Like this is the good writing is the skill that you need. 
Like the actual and, content is, is, you know, it's like we talked about before. The blog is not the expert here. You're the expert. The blog is the small talk. And what you need there is somebody who's good at putting words together in sentences and paragraphs. And I, I mean, this is something that a lot of people don't quite understand. And I, I understand it because I worked at newspapers. But, you know, when you when you pick up a newspaper and nobody really picks up a physical newspaper that's on the front page is written by somebody somebody who had absolutely no idea about anything about that topic the day before. And, but they're just good reporters and good writers. They go and they figure it out and they write it down and then it goes and it gets published in front of thousands of people. Like that's what good writers do. And so we don't specialize in niches. We have every niche you could imagine uh, that we write about regularly. And uh, it's, it works it's well. An interest- it's it's an interesting point that you brought up brought up uh, about the dentist because I think uh, a lot of dentists for wrong reasons think that people go to their office for technical reasons because they have the latest equipment or the best whatever but I don't think people make decisions for that I mean it's it's mostly emotional reasons or or their friends are going there and there's word of mouth uh, involved or the personality of the doctor right and and. You know, I actually read about uh, some successful dentists, and most of them don't have the highest, the latest equipment. They they have the smallest staff. They have an average of two staff. So it's really kind of uh, it's it's interesting that uh, that that's really not what makes uh, you know dentists successful. It's, I don't know. I just I just read about something recently, and and you know that you brought this up was really interesting because you know nobody wants to read about your latest uh, you know equipment in the office that's that's really even if you have a blog i don't think you would want to blog about that anyway yeah exactly like the more you read about the details it kind of makes your skin crawl right like like i don't, <laughs> I don't want to know about that stuff right i just wanna, you know somebody's going to greet me with a warm smile and have some nice music played you know like like that's the kind of yeah you're exactly right it's not i yeah, I, I I hate that stuff. I you know I read about these medical conditions and I start thinking I've got them. And yeah, it's so. like when I walk into a dental office and and I see the typical large photo of somebody's teeth. You know, that's the worst thing they could be showing me. <laughs> right. Show me a photo of a, a beautiful beach on the Caribbean or something. Yeah. That's what I want to walk into. So anyway, I just have a couple of more questions. We are a little bit over thirty minutes, and I want to be respectful of your time. Do you have time for a couple of more questions? Sure, go for it. Um, let's let's talk about uh, maybe one of the biggest mistakes that you have made with BlogMod that would serve as a good learning experience for our audience. Uh, well, uh, you know, I mean, luckily, I made the, mis- the biggest mistakes early. I, you know, I talked about that early version of the business. Um, you know, the na- I came up with a terrible name, uh, Teruli. And then it was just, it was so terrible. And so I guess, you know, one of the lessons is listen to your wife. My wife came up with the name for uh, the company, Blog Mutt. She was looking down at our little dog, who's a mutt, and uh, and said, you should call it Blog Mutt. You know, you guys are like mutts, right? Like you're not all high strung and difficult personality. You're just the mutts, right? You just are friendly and get along and don't have a lot of problems. And so that, that's been a great thing for us. So I guess just listening, you know, listen to your spouse and really involve your spouse too, I think would be another good lesson is, you know, if you are married or in a good relationship, you know, it, it can be a little scary being in kind of an entrepreneurial adventure or, you know, starting up your own thing. And you really want to make sure that 
your uh, your significant other is really on board. So you you have started uh, several businesses over the years, and and I think a lot of people that might be listening to to this podcast, they're you know maybe they, they might have a job and they're thinking about starting. If somebody came to you, maybe a friend or a family member, and says, you know, Scott, I see that you know you're successful in business, what is the one thing that you would teach that person to set them on the right track to, to succeed as an entrepreneur? You know, I think the, the thing that we encourage entrepreneurialism in, in, in talk a lot in society. And so I think a lot of people, when they go out and have an idea, they ask their friends and family about the idea and people just generally want to be nice. And so they say, oh, that's a terrific idea. And and they're really not doing the entrepreneur any favors because, you know, they're not getting real feedback. So the only way to really get real feedback is to get whatever version it is of your idea and get it into the marketplace as soon as you possibly can. And and not just like for show, right? Ask people to give you money to provide the service that you're thinking or provide the product that you're thinking. Uh, you know, I mean, some of this is kind of four-hour workweek stuff, right? Like, if you've got an idea for a product, you know, buy some AdWords for that product and put up a page that has a picture of the product, even if it's all fake, and even though you really don't know if you're going to be able to deliver it, and just see if the orders come in. And then if the orders come in, uh, then you can go out and scramble around and make sure that you can fulfill them. Uh, but if they don't, if there's no response in the marketplace, that saves you the whole time of building this whole thing to find out only that nobody's going to actually want to buy it. And so, you know, the, the best single bit of advice for anybody that's thinking about starting something up is get as quickly as you can to ask for the sale and see what the reaction is at that point. Yeah, nothing beats sales, you know. I mean, uh, you just can't, uh, you know, it just you can't fool yourself. You know, once, once you have sales coming in, that's always a good sign. Yeah, Mark Cuban um, says sales solves everything. And that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, no doubt about it. Well, Scott, I, I really appreciate you coming on Success Harbor today to share your story. How can people find out more about BlogMutt or maybe even give it a try? Yeah, it's just uh, blogmutt.com, B-L-O-G-M-U-T-T.com. Um, there, you know, everything you need is on the page. If you want to see samples of our work, we've got a thing where you can download some samples. Or, you know, our blog is written 100%. Well, actually, that's not true. Sometimes I go and write a blog. But it's pretty rare these days. Uh, so, you know, 95% of our blogs are written by the same writers that would be writing posts for you as customers. So look at our blog. Uh, it doesn't look like much. You know, there are a lot of really fancy, really beautiful blogs out there. And our blog doesn't look very great at all. Uh, but it does the job. And, and so uh, check it out. Um, and, and, yeah, and then we're on all the social networks, everything, at, you know, twitter.com slash Sounds good. So everybody out there, check out blogmot.com, and uh, hopefully, Scott, maybe you can come back maybe a year from now and uh, tell us about how Blogmot is growing. And uh, again, thank you for your time and wish you much success with it. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, and bye, everybody.